Welcome to The Syndicate from the Business of Hockey and the Goal with your hosts, Richard York and Las Kowalski. Sit down, have a cigar and scotch, listen to some good music, and we'll talk hockey and business. Let's start this episode. Welcome to continuation of last week's Syndicate episode and the series, The War of the Competitive Edge in Hockey. I know that you were talking about Chicago and how they yeah. were looking at adopting this in Chicago. Well, they have. They're they're one of the, I think they are the first NHL franchise that has adopted this program. And just to add to what you were saying, I think you need three years experience in the hockey operations department too to get that designation. So it's not just a certificate you get at the end of school. There's actually a practicum part in it. But that speaks to all you young hockey players and stuff like that. Like when you look at Dubis and Cheka, we talked about this earlier, that it's, it does doesn't end with hockey. You know, like if you can't play on the ice or if you're not drafted to move up a league or whatever, you know, there's options, lots and lots of options and the options are endless. And this is just proof that the options are evolving. You know, it's funny you should mention this because I was talking to somebody in Arizona about two weeks ago who was actually listening to our podcast what he took away from our podcast format, because we move between between the hash marks, which focuses on the hockey management, the tactics and the culture, which then moves over to the syndicate, which is the ownership groups. We focus on analytics and the future of hockey and then power insights, which is the translation of business. One of the things that he brought up, and I've always believed this, if you are a hockey player, you are a natural competitor. That yeah. is... That's just a given. Not everyone who is in hockey is going to get drafted. And so there becomes this major, major disconnect between the people that are playing hockey who then try to move out of hockey to do something. And there's this disconnect of knowledge. And I think from my perspective, if you can actually, you can bridge entrepreneurship between even a hockey player, junior hockey, and connect with that foundation, you're basically transitioning that competitiveness from hockey into the entrepreneurship side. And that's one of the things I talked to this fellow from Arizona about is that he was saying that there are parents are so deeply involved with their their kids. Their, and when in the States, it's they do a lot of research when they're going into colleges or universities. You know, they're asking the question, what is going to help my kid out? What are you going to teach my kid? How yeah. is this going to benefit my kid? How is my kid going to be able to be successful when he goes out into the, or she goes out into the real world? How is that going to happen? And so he brought up that the podcast format that what we're doing, that it's interesting because as a parent, if you have someone who is a kid that you have who's in hockey and they may not be drafted, you want to be able to give them as many skills as possible. And so when you look at Brian Burke and what he's done with the Institute and what he's done with Athabasca, when we started, like, and I think that's important to understand something here. When we started this podcast and this entire format, we didn't know that the MBA with Athabasca even existed. Yeah. We did this on our own. This was our own structure. There is a lot of elements in this podcast format and what we're doing in our roadmap how it actually is synergistic. They're doing it Athabasca. It's just in a, in a slightly different medium and how we're providing the information. But if you have parents, for example, who have kids that are in hockey, it's about giving them, like we talked about and what you said before, it's about using hockey as a template to be able to translate certain things about business, 
certain things about analytics. The knowledge that you learn from the analytics of hockey as new business is coming down the pipe for it doesn't matter how big you are. It doesn't matter if you're a small family-run organization, you're a, a one-person show, understanding how that data analytics works, who provides it, and how that integrates, it will allow you to have a higher percentage of success because you're going to be able to tap into untapped markets, right? It's no different with us. You know, we're located in one particular market, but there are people that are from the United States. There's people from Finland. There's people from Sweden. There's people from New Zealand. There's people from Germany that listen to this podcast. And so you want to be able to tap into that digital side to give you that foundation. And I'm really hoping that what we're doing with this podcast format, those individuals and parents who have kids in hockey provide the opportunity to listen to the business side of what we're talking about and how it actually interlinks to things. For example, what Brian Burke is doing and the Institute on that institutional side. And just to be clear, we don't give out designations. We don't give out certificates. We don't give out diplomas. What we are teaching you is to educate you on options that you do have to further your own career. Absolutely. We're just trying to get you in touch and show you and teach you just a small sample of this. We scratch the surface and we're just trying to inform you, you have options. There's lots of really good options. And as the analytics, especially department in every league continues to progress, you don't have to do it for hockey. You can do it for NFL. So if you pursue the data processing, you can work in any big industry in the world, any small industry in the world too. Yeah. And Dubis and Shake are perfect examples. They both had problems with their, I think it was their backs. Did you not say? I think Dubas was concussions and uh, John Chaco was his back, but it was physical injuries that prevented them from furthering their junior career. Whether they would have been drafted or not, I don't know, but it was their passion growing up. It's what they, they loved. They're both Canadian, but they found other ways to evolve an industry that they loved, that they grew up watching. So as generation by generation grows, you're going to see these people more and more interested in analytics and how they could help progress uh, not only their team, but some team. That they, they'll love the idea of being involved and integrated into a hockey system of some kind, whether they can do it on the ice, off the ice, in the press box, or in the business conference room. You never know. They're, the options are endless. This is a big business, and the product that this big business pushes out is what you see on the ice. And it's important to know that you play hockey and you don't get drafted, there are options. You're not limited and saying that I have to give up hockey. I was talking to someone recently, plays hockey for a really long time. We got talking. He said that he worked in the trades and he was working on something. Asked him, I said, what are you working on? He's been putting together stats sheets for 10 years and he's in his early 30s. And what he's working on is the development of algorithms to have a tool specific to that digital scouting model and to be able to have a much more integrated approach. And I found that really interesting because that was the one thing he had said to me, even though he couldn't get drafted, he still plays whenever he can. He transitioned into trying to do something different. He could potentially sell into the league and do something for himself and his family. And so there is other options, not just playing if you're unable to continue with that. You certainly have to have a passion to keep pushing yourself forward, whether it's in hockey or business or whatever product that you want to push or whatever business you want to be involved in. There's no greater push than the passion you have for success or the passion that you have 
for those kids and even those adults that were hockey fans that played hockey, that it didn't develop for whatever reason. There's so much other things that you can do to continue pursuing your passion. And this Business of Hockey Institute that Brian Burke has opened up in Alberta is only step one. Chicago was step two. And it's just something that is going to continue pushing out. Uh, So don't be afraid to look into the curriculum programs of your local universities or whatnot, or even pitch this idea to them, whether you're a parent or an executive for some franchise, is, is that this something that not only upgrades the franchise that you're already involved in, but it it pads your resume or it could be a completely different career trend for you. And we just encourage you that the information is out there. You need to listen to the episodes that I put out called Power Insights. going to make you feel comfortable and it's going to allow you to understand how to interface at that institutional level and how to structure things for yourself that you're able to do that if that's what you want to do and you want to be able to have even a small business and sell into into that level. It's going to give you an, a much more clear understanding of how it works. Absolutely. And if you're a veteran hockey player, an NHL hockey player, you see lots of them transition into the business side of hockey because that was their passion and that was their life through the entirety of their career. And whether they want to continue pursuing it or not is a life decision that they have to make. But programs like what Brian Burke has brought in gives you a head start. It gives you a fast forward into understanding the knowledge and what you need to do to accomplish your goals in the business side of hockey. And I think it's wonderful, and I think it's great, and I think it's very innovative by Brian Burke and Rich Winter. Once again, if given the opportunity to to ask Brian Burke about it, I would sure love to. So if uh, some of his people are listening to this podcast, you get a hold of my people. <laughs> and when I say my people, I mean Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys can find us on Twitter at Goal. You can direct message us on that. We do have a website at uh, bohgoal.com. We're definitely going to be implementing a more sophisticated user experience that we have there right now. Call it a placeholder, but uh, we're definitely rolling this thing out and we're very passionate about this. It's just going to continue to evolve to what we're doing and we're going to continue to refine this. But I think it's really important to understand is that analytics, it's not going away. And so I read a lot of things on a daily basis and there's a lot of things that I see of fans that do accept analytics in hockey, some fans that are very aggressive towards it and, you know, they want to have Dubis's head, but I don't think that's going to happen. This is the trend. And I think that there's a competitive requirement within the franchises themselves. When Brendan Shanahan hired Kyle Dubis, he would have known that something like this could happen, that there would be an aggressiveness from the fans. And at the end of the day, you have to stay focused and you you keep moving forward and sort of keep the white noise to the side because this is the direction this is all going and it's not going to change. It's not going away. When we're talking that the analytics industry by 2022 is in the billions of dollars. It's huge. Huge. That alone, that's what it is, right? So I think at the end of the day, when you look at analytics, that there are different parts. Like this fellow that I've been talking to who wants to contribute to a digital scout platform and the algorithm that he's creating as we develop the black ops blackboard structure in that type of scenario would be to allow us to help develop a roadmap and point him in the right direction and a 
of of how to bring that to fruition and help him flush things like that out. And I think that's really important that you maintain that creativity. It's a big industry. There are organizations and franchises that are looking for competitive advantages in any which way. And I think that something like that would be beneficial, but there has to be a bridge on how to do that. Sitting and creating an algorithm and not knowing how to execute it is not necessarily going to work. But what we're trying to do is in certain ways, allow you to be able to develop your own roadmap. And I think that's really important moving forward. And you know what? Speaking to the Toronto Maple Leaf lynch mob that wants to tar and feather and behead Dubis, even if you did, even if you got your exact way that you're playing the sofa couch general manager, or I guess in this case, the sofa couch business owner, and you fire Brendan Shanahan and you fire Kyle Dubas, you are not stopping the trend. This It's not going to stop. And, no. it's, and it's because they're not the only ones doing it. And it's not going to stop. Like you, Everybody's clamoring for a competitive edge. Uh, Brendan Shanahan, in his interview process with Kyle Dubas, determined that Kyle Dubas was, a, was the way to go to break the ice in this analytical development. And it's done. The ice is broken. There is no putting the the jack in the box back in the box. It's out and it's open. And I'm not saying that's directly because of Kyle Dubas, but he was certainly a contributing factor. And it's not going to stop. Stop tarring him. Stop feathering him. He's your general manager. And you know what? If he was fired tomorrow, it's not going to stop it. Kyle Dubas in the role of general manager. You have John Chaka in the role of general manager. And you have Megan Chaka that is moving and progressing this forward either through her own conference discussions and things along those lines. Everyone's moving in the same direction. This is not going to stop just because you have a certain group of fans who sit there and say, we don't want anything to do with this. We want to go back to the old way. That's never going to happen. Yeah, there is no old way. There is no old way. It's not going to happen. It's not going back. The genie is not going back in the bottle. And just because someone doesn't understand it, one of the things that I found that was absolutely remarkable if you want to know where we are as a, as a society today, a lot of people are unclear on how far we as a society have come. For me, where it was the most jaw-dropping is I remember when SpaceX had launched their rockets to test the self-landing mechanisms. Now listen, everybody remembers the space shuttles from NASA. Everybody understands that it's basically a plane, goes off, orbits the Earth, comes back down, lands like a plane. But no one had thought about taking a rocket, making it reusable, let alone putting in a mechanism where that rocket would self-land itself. And I think that when that happened, to be able to see that, and you go back to how much money NASA has, how brilliant the scientists are at NASA, and nobody, nobody even entertained this and said, this is not possible until you had a fellow who was a billionaire from who sold off his part. I think it was in PayPal, he from Silicon Valley said, I'm going to create a rocket company. I'm going to create an electric car company, but I'm going to create a rocket company. And so you know what he did? That test, which was the very first public test of the self-landing mechanism, because he owns Tesla, he launched his personal roadster out into space to go past Mars and beyond in the first rocket. That same rocket landed with its sister rocket, and it was the most incredible 
incredible thing I had ever seen. And so in a quantitative way, that is how far we have gone with technology and progression. And you cannot say to me that that type of progressiveness is not going to come into sports and it's not going to come in to things in the form of analytics. Just because you don't understand how a rocket goes into space, just because you don't understand how they landed on the moon, just because you don't know how they launched a car into space doesn't mean that there isn't value to it. Go Cybertruck. Go Cybertruck. Right. And everything about the Cybertruck speaks to exactly what you're saying. It's, it's how, how many people looked at that and went like, ew, right? But I, I love it. I love it. And, you know, because you look at it and you look the, at the advancements that it has. Tesla is certainly groundbreaking. And if you, you boil it back down to, to sporting franchises and stuff, it's this analytics that is what's groundbreaking. And the technology used to, to collect data for analytic processing is that is what's advancing. So, you know, when you talk about robotics or software engineering or AI, all of that connects into GPS sensors used on the shoulder pads for hockey players or little antenna cameras up in the rafters and radar detection or electronic vests that you slap onto your hockey player when he takes a slap shot so you can determine the force used in his hips to determine injuries that occurred or may occur or how you properly rehabilitate them on the digital athlete platform. So all of this is a means to further pursue the industry and technology and revenue. And it's it's not going to stop. So it's here. You might as well suck it up. We're certainly riding the wave. And the more we dig into it, the more we find out. It's fun. And I hope you guys will be along for us in the adventure. The Black Ops Blackboard is certainly going to be a more in-depth look at our researching process and our researching results. I think that what we're doing from that perspective, I think, has a lot of value in the industry, not only from the sports hockey side, but also within business. And I think I just wanted to bring back to the thing that I had mentioned previously about knowledge. They call this the fourth industrial revolution. Refer to it in the market, we're dealing with knowledge. We're dealing with artificial intelligence. And so it's what you know and the perspective that you have from what you know and how you take that and how you monetize that and how do you apply it. And that's what analytics is. And that's what software is. It's about digitizing processes. And so it's really important that progressive initiatives like analytics are allowed to continue you and individuals, regardless if it's Kyle Dubas or if it's Cheka in Arizona, the progressiveness has to continue. You can't default back to the old ways. I know that I've read articles about Tesla. A lot of the car companies looked at Tesla that it was going to implode on itself. Yeah. And these same car companies, these big global companies, they're coming back and they're saying like Porsche went and took a Tesla and ripped it apart and looked at it and they came back and said, because they're coming up with a new electrical than they can, they can't touch it. They're like, we don't understand. And these are German engineers and they can't make sense of this, of what Tesla is doing. And that's the point is that when you gain that competitive advantage through knowledge and you're able to apply it, that's why you have the franchises with the black ops departments, right? They're not going to tell you what they're doing, right? Everybody wants to have within the departments, any competitive edge that they can get their hands on. Yeah. And I stay firm 
to what I talked about last time about the Digital Scout and how the Toronto Maple Leafs are going to generate revenue. And I think that that is a template for them. It's going to be a template for other leagues. And I think what you talked about in how you generate revenue through analytics by selling that data, I think it's right on the nail. I think you've got it. I think that's what makes sense. I think that is the future. What the league is putting into the arenas with the cameras and and things, I think you're at a point where there's a point of no return and you're moving into new revenue models. A business is a business just because you're a franchise league team like Toronto or Edmonton. It doesn't mean that they can't sell things to each other. Of course they can. They're a business, right? That's, That's what the whole point of a business is. And if, for example, Toronto spends the time to develop a platform with unique characteristics that can be integrated at a coaching level, of course they could sell that. Why wouldn't they sell that? That makes sense. That's the future of how they're going to make money. It's not going to be just merchandise. It's not going to be just through ticket sales. It's not going to be through food. It's not going to just be through what other elements. Well, it's also a a means to, to save a franchise money too. If you think about the revenue profit for selling data packages, if you're trying to sign a free agent, you talked about using it as leverage in contract negotiations, analytics. If you played seven or eight seasons for a certain team, that franchise who wants to sign that free agent can go to that team and said, hey, can I have his data package? And you buy that data package, but you can use it as leverage for the contract that you want to sign him to. And then suddenly you've saved your franchise money. And we've talked about how business likes to use business practices to trim the fat, trim the financial fat. So if it's used as a process that you spend a bit of money to save more money, then you're working business inside of a business suddenly, right? And that's what that's what we're predicting with this analytics. And there's so many third-party individuals that are dealing with this now. It's just, that's where the trend is going. And it's exciting. I look forward to to talking about it. The NHL franchises aren't going to reveal their Black Ops departments, but you can access ours. And <laughs> yes, as, you can. And, and as yeah, we and as we go through, you can access our Black Ops department. Absolutely. And we're gonna we're gonna do our best to take a peek under the curtain of their Black Ops, and it'll be interesting to see what our research continues to uh, uncover. Yeah, and yeah. there's gonna be some very unconventional methods, like I had mentioned previously. In the beginning, there are things that we're going to integrate also from the business side, I think is going to be of interest, uh, both for uh, fans and business leaders and those fans that are entrepreneurs. So I think we want to wrap things up. I think this has been a really good session. We're now getting close to an hour and a half. So I think we've done really good. Ooh, yay. Third episode of Syndicate down in the books. We did it. I'm becoming very comfortable with what we're talking about. and I'm, I'm becoming very comfortable and the focus and direction that we're going. And I think through the research that we're doing, it's becoming more and more clear to myself that we're on the right track. It's really hard to be progressive in creating a new model from nothing, but indications are that the direction that we're moving, we're on the right track. And so I really hope that as a listener, you guys subscribe to us either on Apple or Google or Spotify podcasts. The easiest way is go to YouTube and type in Business of Hockey and the Goal and subscribe there, please. Everything that gets uploaded for the podcast also automatically gets uploaded into YouTube. And that would more than likely, if you're uncomfortable or don't understand the podcast apps, everyone has YouTube. Go there, type it in, click subscribe, and then you'll be on top of what we're doing. And our plan is to build out that YouTube channel and add other components where the podcast side doesn't offer because it's only strictly audio. So Richard, is there anything else that you have to share 
corner before we sign off on this this syndicate episode? No, not overly. I think we we covered all the the areas that we wanted to talk about, but that we're also going to talk about, and we're just scratching the surface on the the institutional side and the education side. I think that's going to be an exciting development as we go through it. Absolutely. And analytics is always going to be exciting as we start digging into that and the data collecting systems that they're using, the digital scouting, the digital athlete that crosses leagues and um, sporting franchises. And it's all going to be exciting. And I hope you guys are along with us for the ride. Uh, we appreciate the the listens and the the people that have been with us up to this point and uh, know that we, we enjoy doing what we're doing. We have a passion for this and we really appreciate it. Well, thanks guys for listening. We will talk to you guys next week. We'll go the, from there. It'll be the Calgary Flames uh, between the hash marks. We're going to talk more about the, the management and culture decisions made in Calgary now that we've broken the ice on the franchise. Have yourself a good day, guys. You take care. See you later. Thanks for listening to The Syndicate from the Business of Hockey on the Goal, produced by the Power of Map Podcast. 